0: Hey, fellow brain pickers, do you have an upcoming book launch and want to sell thousands of copies in your first week? Getting booked as a guest on podcasts is the number one way to become a best selling author and getting your message to the masses. My company, Geffen Media Group, gets inspiring authors booked on top rated, targeted podcasts, and we do all the work, so all you have to do is show up and rock the mic. Head over to Geffen Media Group to get massive exposure. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen.
1: Hey, Andreas, welcome to the show. Hey, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me, buddy.
0: Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to have you on. I mean, you've got a, a wild story. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, from, from, from home, homeless to billionaire, you don't hear that every day, right? I mean, that's just, that's insane.
1: Well, it's been a long journey, but uh, I'm happy that I've seen two sides of the world. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hoping other people can take some, some teachings and advice from it as well. So yeah.
0: And you grew up in, in Sweden originally, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. So talk about, like, you know, give us a little bit of a background. I'd love to, I want to get into your whole story. I mean, I know that Today, you've got uh, over 20 companies, uh, including gyms and law offices and gas stations and coffee shops and a whole you know, property portfolio. And, and I'd love to get into really how you, how you grew those businesses and how you manage them. Um, uh, but I'd love to first get some context, um, your backstory. Let's go back to sort of that whole story of you when you were in school and, and how you got, uh, uh, ended up on the streets essentially.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, where do you want me to start? Should I go back all the way to Sweden, or uh, because I moved? Yeah, I mean, give us the
0: brief. Give us sort of like the brief. Uh,
1: the brief background. Okay. Well, as you know, I'm originally from Sweden, but uh, I was, I never really liked being there. I was always depressed and uh, blaming the world, and I thought that everything was. It was not fair. I didn't have any education. I jumped out of school when I was 14 and I honestly had problems with the law and all that, so I thought that I could never get a good job or I would never be able to get an education, so I felt that I was doomed and I just wanted to start over, start a new life, escape, uh, vanish, and uh, I was trying to seek any way out to to start a new life, and uh, that was... uh, anything from from 14 until i was 19 until i could escape and the first country i ever could uh, go to was thailand
0: Hmm. interesting you had some some near-death experiences as well can you tell us a little bit about that
1: well (laughs) yeah i I guess you read my book (laughs) yeah all right. I know
0: more I know more about you than you think Andres.
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems like there were the questions, but yeah, it's true I was um, I've been in hard environments in Sweden and I was um, I was brought out in the in the suburbs I was mm-hmm. in gag environments and I didn't live a very good life. I was not a very good person I would say I can honestly say that today. And uh, I was in a lot of different fights, and some of the fights were almost, uh, almost dead. Yeah, it almost took my life, so that's why I wanted to escape. Because I knew that if I continue this kind of lifestyle, I will probably not be alive, or I will be uh, locked, locked uh, in somewhere. Or mm-hmm. yeah, so I just needed to escape. That was the only thing I, I, wanted to do, and I didn't really care where or how or how it's gonna happen. I just knew that I just have to stall her over and cut all my bounds with everyone i knew
0: and what were your parents like i mean did they know that this was all going on i mean what did you were they to toge- were you were you brought up in a home that was was broke was it a broken home or how how was that
1: well my parents they divorced at a young age and uh, they were uh, they were still living close to each other so like 1 kilometer away from each other so Even every time, if I had an argument with my father, I would just go to my mother's place. Or if I had a fight with my mother, I would go to my father's place. So Mm -hmm. it was not nice, but I was playing them against each other. So everyone I had problem with the law or I came home uh, in a bad state or something, and I they were not happy about it. I could just switch home. So I guess this kind of freedom Mm -hmm. led me to even do even worse things, because I could just escape to one another depending on what mood they were in. So And that uh, wasn't very healthy for me.
0: What would you say was like the darkest the moment if you were to go back to like a day where it was just really bad? What, what did that look like?
1: Well, I would say that was a day when I woke up unconscious on a couple of stairs in the middle of the night. And I don't remember how I ended up <sighs> to, but oh. I was beaten down pretty hard. And uh, when I woke up, I really thought that I was I was dead. But that was, oh. I would say, one of the hardest moments and that was one of the aha moments I had that uh, next time maybe I won't, I won't really wake up. So I, mm. I really need to leave. And I was, that was one of my harsh, hardest moments in life, to be honest. How, yeah. how, old, and
0: how old were you at, at that point?
1: I was around 17 years old. Okay.
0: Mm. And so uh, we, we, that was almost like your, your rock bottom, essentially, where you kind of had that realization that this is not going to get better. This is going to get worse.
1: Well, when you wake up and think that you're not alive anymore, I mean, can it be harder than that, I guess? And uh, I knew that uh, I'm just lucky that I probably woke up that day because I couldn't move and uh, I was very hard beaten down by other gang members. So that was the day I really knew that I just have to vanish and I was always afraid and people were always after you. So I think a lot of people can can um, relate to that story because a lot of people are are in that kind of environment but everyone can get themselves out with just Mm -hmm. taking taking action I guess yeah.
0: So what was I guess the first step What, what did you do you you just booked a flight I mean how did you even get money for the flight how did you get to Thailand?
1: Well I knew I always had to escape to start a new life but I didn't have a a good job. I didn't have enough for any flight ticket or I didn't have any money to escape from. I was always borrowing money from others. I was always owning money to others. And um, when I was about 19 and a half, actually, my, my grandfather, he passed away. And he yeah. uh, uh, I got to inherit $2,000, where well, my family was never... A, we, I, I don't come from a rich background, so, I mean, when my grandfather died, I, I inherited $2,000. Uh, mm-hmm. That was what I got when he passed away. and But that was exactly enough to... to I saw that as an escape plan. I, at least I had that money so I could move and follow my dream and uh, try to start a new life in another country. Mm-hmm. So I went to a travel agent with this $2,000 after I received it. and. I asked, I asked a travel agent, to be, what country can I can I <laughs> use this money my money to and where can I, I want to be in a tropical paradise with white sandy beaches and right. coconut trees and blue ocean. Wow. That was all I said to her and I didn't know too much of the world at that time and wow. she started to show me catalogs and pictures of <laughs> Thailand and it looked so beautiful. So, and she said, well, with this money, you, you can afford a one-way ticket and I actually took that decision there and then and I bought it.
0: Wow and so you had absolutely no idea what you're going to do there how who like you didn't know anybody there you just kind of booked it and and just went that was it
1: I had, wow. I mean, I heard I had relatives that been there and said it was amazing and stuff. So, but in, more than that, I didn't know, I didn't even know the cities or the, the, the provinces or or uh, where actually to go. So the ticket that I actually bought was to the capital, Bangkok, and that's not blue oceans or white sandy <laughs> beaches. So <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I got a bit, of, a bit of a surprise when I walked out and from the airport and I thought I was in the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. So how, how did you how did you end up getting to the beach? Uh, well, when I came out from the airport in Bangkok, then I, I got a shock because <laughs> I was down to $100 left in my pocket and okay, I'd started to okay. ask around and they say, am I Thailand? Yeah, well, yeah, you are. But I thought I was going to come to Blue Oceans and White Sandy beaches. How, yeah. how do I go from there? Well, you're in the wrong province, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I couldn't Then, well, how do I go to there? You, you need to fly down to Phuket or down oh, to the man. south. That's where you find these things. And, and I didn't have enough for that flight ticket. So, uh, I started to ask around, and I got panicked. I didn't know what to do, but uh, that, that $100 that I have, $50, I could actually buy a bus ticket that was an 18-hour bus ride. Oh, down wow. to tickets. I had to take the bus there, so mm-hmm. I spend these 18 hours on that bus, uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. going down to my white sandy beaches and following that little bliss of dream I had.
0: And so you get to the beach, right? And what like where do you sleep? Where do you stay? Because you've got no money at that point.
1: Well, I I arrived in piquet with my last fifty dollars, and I knew that I needed a job. I needed a job quick, so okay. I, I I took action. I started to ask hotels around and and anything that that because I speak three languages, and I thought that maybe they can use me for that. So I started to to ask a lot of hotels around that they needed someone that can speak three languages and then help them out. And I did land a job actually the, the second day I was there. And mm-hmm. uh, that was giving out brochures for a hotel on the beach and trying to invite people in for a, uh, for a presentation of the, the holiday packages they had. So I was making, I would say, $100 to $150 a month around there, mm-hmm. but you know, I was happy. I had my white sandy beaches and my blue oceans and I had my coconut trees and I lived in a tiny little room with a fan and a mattress on the floor. <laughs> and that's how I spent my first year in Thailand. And uh, I actually, I, d- I didn't come to Thailand and became homeless. I I was there working a year before I became homeless. So, yeah. So, how did
0: you become homeless then? What what happened?
1: You know, I had this mindset that many people have and I, I'm actually happy today that I had that I've been very poor, and I now the opposite because I can see the two sides of the world and two sides of thinking. And mm-hmm. when I was at my very bottom uh, with that time, I I had this mindset that I think that I just believe that life just ha- happens to you, and you live day by day, and you're not in control of uh, mm-hmm. of you live by default. And that's that's what I thought. So all the money that I could that I was getting, that the little funds that I was getting, I. I started to blend myself with the same kind of mind, mind uh, same kind of people with the same mindset, and that, mm-hmm. that lets well, let's party today and and use our money because we're not we're not we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So, with this mindset, instead of actually taking some kind of discipline, I was spending all this money on being in bars and being out and and, and just uh, partying more or less. So it it ended up me not paying the rent of my little room for four months, and that day came when three police officers came into the room and oh, they man. said, the landlord have called and you're late with four months of rent. So we're here to throw you out. Oh. And that was actually the day I became homeless. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: And so if someone came to you that day, you're getting thrown out by the police out of your apartment cause you, you, you haven't paid the rent and now you're officially homeless. And someone said, you know, Andreas don't worry because you know, one day you're going to be, you're going to be a billionaire what would you what would your response what would your response be to that person
1: i would laugh as i'm laughing now right. <laughs> yeah. well, that's it. i mean that's just an impossible thing to believe because it's you need to start small and build yourself up with believe and and and, and uh, small steps to 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 any kind of progress so you cannot jump from there to there mm-hmm. with one leap you did so it's a constant training as a constant and that's what I like to to, to uh, educate people on, because we always have to start with small things to be able to reach the bigger things.
0: Mm-hmm. So you ended up needing to borrow money from from some of your friends, and and nobody nobody was willing to give you money or lend you any money, but um, someone sent you something instead, right? They gave you a free gift, a book, right?
1: Well. Yeah, well, when these police officers throw me out and the first uh, instinct or the first thought I was like, what should I do now? So I had to pack my bags within 10 minutes and they were standing there waiting for me. And the first reaction was, well, I'll go down to the beach with my bags and I'll sit there for a while because it was in the morning. Mm -hmm. And... uh, just to think of what should, what should I do in my life or who should I call or who should I ask for help because mm-hmm. I refused to call anyone back home and ask them for money or my parents or family or f- siblings or wh- whoever I knew in Sweden because everyone was actually against the decision to actually move to Thailand or just disappear they were always saying that yeah you shouldn't go to Thailand you don't know anyone there and and you should away. stay in Sweden and get an education and you should right. uh, get a job and you should not leave so I, I couldn't just Called him back and says, "Sorry, you were right. but I completely <laughs> yeah. really failed. I'm on a beach, you're homeless. So I had that bite, so I couldn't do it." Yeah. So that day, on that, I went down to the beach, and that day became several many other days. So I ended up sleeping there with my bags as pillows and my uh, towels as blankets.
0: Mm. And and when you when you reached out to uh, one of your friends to to lend you some money there. Um, they they sent you instead a a book is that yeah. right
1: well you get one of my turning points after several days on that beach. I was always thinking, who can help me? And I was also um, owning money to everyone that I worked for um, in Thailand for that first hotel that I had, so I couldn't ask anyone there either. Mm-hmm. And I and so I thought, I'll call an old colleague of mine because he didn't have any connections with my family or, or, mm-hmm. or close friends in Sweden. So at least he wouldn't say what kind of situation I was. I was too proud that I didn't want anyone to know. I felt too ashamed. Mm-hmm. So um, I called him and I, I asked him, well, I'm in a very bad situation and uh, we haven't spoken for a while, but I want to ask you if you could send me some money and help me out from this speech. And uh, could you please uh, send send over uh, something to me by Western Union? And he said, well, no, I can't because uh, f- I don't have enough, but I will send you something that shares you up. And he actually sent me a book. And at that particular moment i was <laughs> i was not very happy because that was the least thing i needed i was right. homeless on a beach and what should i do with a book so i got even right. more frustrated and, and <laughs> irritated and and uh, yeah and even more sad so but that was one of the best gifts that was ever been given to me
0: okay what was the name of that book
1: that book was actually the secret by Rhonda burns so yeah. uh, a lot of people probably heard about it or yeah. uh, read it or law um, of attraction <laughs> right yeah, so it's just a stepping stone of how to use your mind, control your emotions and, and control your thoughts. But it goes so much deeper into that. But after mm-hmm. that book, I've been studying this subject for 16 years and I'm still learning. So wow. I want to be specific with that also. It's just doesn't just because you read one book, it doesn't mean that you're going to change your life. It's a constant training and, and developing it. But mm-hmm. it, it was an eye-opener, that first book, of actually how how uh, what a magical beautiful world we're living in if we know how to control our our, our inner world
0: mm-hmm. so help me help me close the gap because you know you y- you were what was it 20 years old at this time and you're and you're on the beach you're basically homeless you have no income yeah. and you you're now how old are you now
1: 30
0: now I'm 36 Six. now I'm 37 in a few weeks <laughs> Oh, congratulations thank you <laughs> Big party, I'm assuming, right? <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I'm actually gonna. Uh, I'm inviting my family to New York. They've never been here, so we're gonna celebrate my birthday here. Everyone, so it's gonna be hopefully an awesome, awesome day.
0: Oh wow, that's that's amazing. Wow, yeah. And your parents must be so proud. I mean, to to see you going from from where you were to where you are now, it, it's
1: that's incredible. Um, well, there were it's for me moving but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're happy now so yeah <laughs> yeah I'm sure they are so how do you go from from
0: being homeless at 20 to then you became a billionaire at what was it 35
1: yeah that was when I reached that that uh, that benchmark yeah
0: okay but, but you became a uh, millionaire what age were you what age did you make your first million
1: I remember that day very clearly, that was when I was around 20, 28 years, three weeks after I became 28, 28 years old is when I made my first million dollars. Mm-hmm. And that was through a technique, I've been reading about how to manifest a million dollars and it actually worked, so I can tell you more about it and also I'd write that kind of manifestation in my book that, I'm, that I have written.
0: Yeah so your book Homeless to Billionaire pretty much goes into detail of of sort of everything that you're that we're talking about now um yep. my my question is obviously you know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this and their BS meter is going to go through the roof like ah oh, come on now don't tell me that you thought you're going to make a million dollars and then suddenly wow magic million dollars appears and then you said i'm gonna make a hundred million dollars and then you made a hundred and then a billion like that's just people gonna think like that's just not real like that does that just doesn't happen
1: of course and i agree with them 100 percent. that was the same i didn't believe in any of that but that's why i started with small small stepping stone small things and i started to build it up you cannot go from zero to a million and expect that to happen overnight it's hard work, and it's many years into practice. And I mean, I my, I, I earned a thousand dollars first, and then a few months later, I earned two thousand dollars, and a few years mm-hmm. later, I earned uh, fifty thousand so dollars. It's all a progress. It's just um, it doesn't exist that you go from zero to one million just overnight. It's it's a lot of process behind it, and discipline, and and hard work. It's I'd usually compare it with the, a person who wins the Olympic medal. They they mm-hmm. do this because they've been training 10, 15 years every single day and it's the same with your mind. But if you keep on training it, you become stronger and you will see these results coming to you. And there is a science behind it, but I just love uh, teaching this pe- these principles to every pe- person I see and I can see dramatic results that happens. But it takes time. People need how to know much, that.
0: How much of it is your mindset and how much of it is just action, just going out and just doing doing things?
1: That's a great question. I mean all these self development books, they just tell you that you should think about it and visualize mm-hmm. and, yeah. and believe but I knew that it doesn't really work that way. You need to take massive action to anything you do. You, you, you need to have a strong belief, and you need to visualize and, and do your goals, and there is many different principles and, and, and techniques to, to manifest things you want, but the key to everything is action, action. You, you need to be out there. You need to, to, to uh, get heard, and you need to ask around, and you need to search. All these things are very important. You cannot just sit in a place and believe that everything is going to come to you. It doesn't work mm-hmm. that way.
0: So let's talk about that first year that first year so you finished reading the book you have this this mind mindset shift and you're like okay that's it I'm gonna I'm gonna start, you know making something out of, of my life what's the first thing that you did what was the, what, did you start a new business what what did you do
1: no well I think I should take it from the beginning because when I started to read this book at the beach and I was so against all these kind of things so I started to even if i was so sad to get a book instead of getting money from my friend i thought i I might just just sit here and read it and at least i can focus on something instead of just feeling sorry for myself every single Mm -hmm. minute so i still had some pages and a book to read and and as soon as i started to read this more and more about the self-development how to use your mind how to visualize how to materialize i was getting more and more frustrated because i i i I knew that it was complete ps so I, i actually started to do all these exercises to just disprove it, disprove everything that they were talking about. Mm -hmm. So that's actually how how I started to get into all this. But I started to get similar results that they were explaining. So that's how I started to shift my mind into uh, this might actually work if you practice it well enough. And I started with small things because uh, all this self uh, developments, and, and how to use your mind and emotions is all about having crystal clear pictures of everything you want to be, do or have in life. And because most people, we never get anything in life because we don't know what we want. And we always mm-hmm. focus on the things that we don't have instead of focus on the things that we want to feel good about. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little switch of mindset. And... Most people think, well, okay, if this works, I'm going to think about a million dollars. I'm going to think about that car or that perfect uh, promotion or job Mm -hmm. or relationship. And, you know, it doesn't happen because it's too much bigger of a step. And I was lucky that I started small. I said, I'm going to disprove it wrong. So I'm going to even start with the smallest things and I'm going to disprove it wrong. So I started to visualize getting a cup of coffee from a stranger because I was homeless on a beach. Mm -hmm. And I started to picture that self in my mind because I didn't have a coffee for several weeks. And. And I started to, to, to see that in my mind, even to, to, to smell the, the coffee, and the, the, I could see the colors. I could even, I remember the, the color of the cup, and I was sitting there under my tree and, and visualizing having a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And strange enough, two days later, one of these jet ski guys on the beach uh, that rents out parasailings and, and, and jet skis and water sports came up to me, and he said, I've seen you sleeping on this beach for several days, and I just wanted to give you a cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. How does that work
0: exactly? Because you didn't do any action in that. You didn't ask anyone for a cup of coffee. You you just sat back and, and thought about it and suddenly, poof, like, you know, there's coffee in your hands.
1: Yeah, he came up and he, I mean, that's also the thing, I thought it was a pure coincidence. And yeah. small things, they can come to you, but bigger things, of course, you need to put action and action is movement, is energy in, in motion. As a cup of coffee, you your subconscious mind will tell you, well, everyone got a cup of coffee for free sometimes in their life, right? So mm-hmm. it's an easier thing to believe, to manifest, but when yeah. you think about bigger things, your subconscious mind will tell you that uh, this is too hard and that's why coming too hard it really doesn't happen at all. So. To start with the small things. It was the same with the coffee. Yes, that person came up to me and gave me that. But after that, I, I started to read that action is also behind any manifestation. So when I started to visualize bigger things, I started to take bigger action. But I'm happy mm-hmm. that that coffee was given to me. And uh, my whole book starts that way, actually. It all started with <laughs> a cup of coffee.
0: <laughs> One cup of coffee. Wow. So what was the first business venture that you, that you went into?
1: Uh, how I came up from how I came out from the beach itself or the yes. first company I opened, what was the 1st
0: let, let's, let's talk about the first business, because you're now running 20 different companies. I want to get more into the, you know, how do you manage so many companies? You have over 200 people working for you. Um, you know, you, you, you're in so many different industries, you know, coffee shops and gyms and law firms and property and live event companies, mean, ha- yeah. I mean, most people can't manage one, most people you know mm. struggle to build one you know, successful business you've got over twenty How how did you how do you manage all that and let's start with I guess what was the first the business that you got into
1: well the first job I ever got was a uh was giving out brochures later for a real estate. That's how I came up from the beach. I started to visualize getting a a job, uh, and I started to see myself in office environment, and I could see myself having a room again and all this. So, and I took massive action. I started to ask every single resort, restaurant, office around the island that I was um, uh, homeless on, and uh, I landed a job as a for a real estate agency, giving out brochures outside mm-hmm. their office, trying to get people inside the door. So at least that started to pay me off so I could go back to a small little room and I started Mm -hmm. to use all these methods that I teach in my book and stuff like that. And from that, a year later, I got promoted to a sales agent. And after sales agent, I became a sales manager for that organization. Another year later, they made me a sales director. And after that, I opened my first real estate agency. I might have... Yeah, twenty different companies. But what most people don't understand is, it's not about me. I, I would never be the person I am today without these fantastic, amazing people that have helped me through it. And I, I, every company, every every department I have, there is excellent managers, executives, and teams mm-hmm. that are doing all this. I'm just person in the background who's motivating them. But without them, all success there is great teams behind. So that's what people need to know as well. It's not just mm-hmm. about me
0: but there are there are ideas right there's the visionary and then you've got the integrator then you've got the person who's actually going and and putting into practice all the, how, did you how did you find your first integrator the first person that actually went and took your ideas and and started to to create something from it
1: well i didn't i in the in the time i I built myself up by being promoted in different in that within the real estate industry before I opened my first and then I started when I opened my first company I started of course to to hire people and Mm -hmm. I did a lot of mistakes I hired the wrong people and I'd done a lot of things with trial and error with the first company I opened but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a process, but now when you have the right, when when you've done a certain thing over and over, then you know what to do and then you get the same results. And the first times I opened the first companies, it didn't went well. I, I had to close them down and I, I failed. Um, f- people see me as say, yeah, I have 20 successful companies, but what they don't understand is that I also f- tried to open 20 others that didn't work. Mm. <laughs> so people <laughs> need to know it's not really a success, but you just need to keep on doing it and then and believe in it and, and never give up. And some of them will work, some of them will not.
0: So what would you say are the key ingredients? And if you compare the 20 failures that you had and comparing them to the 20 successful businesses that, that, that you've built, one of them obviously is, is, like you said, hiring the right team, having the right people. Um, what are some other key ingredients that, uh, that you see the difference between the successes and the failures?
1: I would say have a passion for the products and the companies you want to start because a lot of these other companies that didn't work out, I was just looking at the, the dollar bills. I was just looking for the money and the return, but there was no passion behind it. So that means that I didn't put in the efforts enough. And uh, yep. it's... But I, I believe that's one of the keys to success: is to have passion for what you do. Because when you really like it, it doesn't feel like job, like a, like like a work or or, or doing uh, or doing it. You're you're doing something that you feel, that you like doing every day. So passion is very important to have for for the things that you that you want to mm-hmm. work with.
0: Okay, so team passion. What else would you say is
1: is a key ingredient? And persistence, <laughs> persistence, persistence, and that's what I learned. Cause, the first companies, they might be successful, but, but I was giving up too quick. And so most mm. of the time when you think that you've, there is no, you hit the big wall and there is no way around it, but uh, most people fail just b- before they succeed. And that's what I also did. I started, I st- I stumbled across a big brick wall hitting me and then I thought that that was the end of the road and then I had to start from square one, but I think that this brick walls that hits you and these failures, they're just actually a part of the process before you get success, they're there to teach you, to harden you, to to strengthen you, and to see problems from another angle. So, mm-hmm. failure is one of the biggest uh, key ingredients to any success, so nowadays I embrace failure. I like when they come because it's just an opportunity for me to learn something.
0: But going back to the, 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 the people, the right people, uh, give me some idea of like when you're hiring now versus when you were hiring then. Um, give me some examples of of how you would hire someone today as opposed to how you were hiring them when, when it wasn't working out
1: yeah, in the beginning, I always, like since I didn't have an education and when I started to hire people, I was always looking at their resumes and CVs and I was looking for that people that had the bachelor degrees or the master mm-hmm. degrees and that great experiences and all that. But I learned through 16 years managing all these companies that it's not too much about the paperwork. So nowadays I hire for attitude, not for For what it says on a piece of paper, so Mm -hmm. so because sometimes I hire these people with have the most fantastic educations and experiences, but they turn out to be the worst employees ever. And then I hired some people with no education at all, at all, or no no experience, but they turn out to be one of the best producers in in the companies I started. So for me, I, I like to meet. Even if I have a lot of people, I like to meet every one of them personally at least one time to see what kind of attitude they have. And if I see that people have a negative attitude, then I will, even if they have the best degrees, I would not employ them.
0: So you employ mainly on, mainly on attitude, I hear. And um, apparently you get your employees to jump out of planes, is that right?
1: <laughs> well, not all of them, but the whole sales departments within my organizations, yes, I do. What's the reason for that? <laughs> Um, I started skydiving by myself for fun and I just knew that that was one of the greatest feelings I ever had and I was really really scared the first time I did it I really thought I was gonna pass away because uh, <laughs> or, or not wake up again because can you imagine to 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 jump out of a open no. No, I can't imagine. I would never do that. (laughs) About sea level and then fall 200 kilometers an hour. I mean, can you imagine something more scary to do in life than that? I I haven't found it yet.
0: (laughs) No, I'm glad I don't work for you, Andres. I mean, I'm not jumping out of no plane. So so why do it if it's so scary? And if it's so... Why why put yourself in that situation?
1: (laughs) I would... I need to make something clear. I don't force my employees to do it. I inspire them to do it. Other employees that done it, they inspire others to do it. And they say that they're actually, many of them, they actually came up and said it actually changed their whole perspective, how they see things, because fear is something that always stops us for succeeding in life. Fear is the same kind of feeling. It doesn't matter what it is you're afraid of but it's the same emotion in your in your mind and soul right so mm-hmm. we, we're always afraid of failing or we're always afraid of what other people would think about us or we're always afraid of stepping out of our comfort zone so fear is always something that's stopping us from actually achieving anything that we want in life because we're afraid so we don't take the step we're always stay in our bubble of comfort but mm-hmm. so if you attack fear in the worst possible way like jumping out of an airplane then I seen some dramatic results in in employees after that because they're not they just don't have that fear anymore and they become mm-hmm. great producers and they start to sell more. They become that person with that courage and and belief and they do amazing results. But it's the sales department, like the driven people, that that does it. I, I wouldn't throw my accountants out from from the airplanes. You mean? The room- <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a sales department. It says that that's important to know. Well, it, the it, people that 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 needs to go out there. Yeah.
0: Right. If the tax bill is too high, Andreas, then you chuck them out the airplane without the parachute.
1: Actually, <laughs> good idea. <laughs>
0: How do you pick your companies? So you've got law offices, gas stations, coffee shops, gyms. What what? what makes you decide i'm going to start a, 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 you know i'm going to open up a gym or i'm going to open up a law office or a gas station so random yeah. like it seems totally why 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 those businesses
1: yeah well you know it's it's about a little bit about the uh like i said it's about passion but it's about also what what can g- brings you the the, the largest incomes mm-hmm. i always love to create things in my mind to 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 make them as pictures in my head first and from that picture in my head it becomes um, a drawing on a piece of paper and from that piece of paper it becomes a price and from that price it actually becomes a building or it becomes a, a company or something so i love to create things in that way and and with the gym I, it, it was done because I wanted to have a gym with all this kind of uh, uh, martial arts and gym and dance studios and everything combined. And we didn't have that in, in, in the province I was uh, building my, my hotels. And so that was, it came more or less because I love being in the gym. So I built my own gym and it became a, a successful su- a successful uh, health center. And uh, with the coffee shops, it actually w- was created because I, I built uh, a lot of, Condominiums, residential developments, and villas and houses around Thailand and Asia, and pe- people—you always give them coffee in inner presentations. So I wanted to to refine it. So I started to to look for coffee plantations up in up in north in Thailand, and I created my own brand. And then Mm -hmm. after that, I started to serve that for people, and I started to get such a great feedback for the clients that were visiting our sales gallery to to get property presentations and, and all the good feedback. They loved the coffee, and they started to come back to the sales office just to get a cup of coffee from that coffee we started to create. And I said, well, that's a good idea. Let's just expand on that brand. And then it became a became a, a brand and a chain instead outside the, the sales environment and then mm-hmm. the sales offices we had. So that was connected in that way. The law office as well, because uh, <laughs> lawyers, sometimes they're too busy to, 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 to help you. So one question can take you several weeks to get an answer for. Yeah. So I just created my own law office so I could get all the help immediately because when you build big hotels and resorts, you need a, a great legal team to help you in all, in all aspects as well and to help clients to, to to be protected, of course.
0: You went from working in a hotel to owning hotels? Yes,
1: correct. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's a good stepping stone because you start from the bottom, but I mean, the first company I started, I was my own marketing and I was my own sales and I did my own invoices and, and, and all that. But so I got a little bit of experience of every kind of department. So I think it's good as an entrepreneur, CEO, to know a little bit of every kind of department and job because then you can motivate and help people in a better way if you understand them a little bit better. So it's mm. good to do all these things by yourself in the, in the beginning and understand them a little bit. Yeah.
0: Wow. And how do you, I guess, manage all the different things that are going on? I mean, what what is your? Let's look at your day to day. Like, what does your day to day look
1: like? Oh, that! uh, (laughs) I don't have. Every day is different. I mean, I was supposed to be here tomorrow, but now I just have to fly to London in the morning, and (laughs) then come back here again. And then apparently, I have a meeting in the lace on Friday. So every day changes. So I, but you know, I, I enjoy it because I love to to just not show what the day's gonna bring. I just uh, say yes to most of the thing because I know there's always opportunities behind it, but everyday <laughs> changes. Uh, I cannot say I have uh, day-to-day um, routines in that way, so no.
0: <laughs> and how do you trust the people who are running the companies that you have? Because obviously you can't be keeping you know on top of everything. So how do you, how do you trust that the management is gonna take care of what needs to be done on a daily basis?
1: that's a great question and you know what you you just have to give the trust until the, uh, until they misprove you wrong and i do like to to give the people trust first and sometimes you get burned and sometimes people they they use that against you but you and you know this this happens with any company any organization any ceo or manager you're always going to have people that that use you because of your trust but the people that do stands with you that's the people you promote later on, and that's the people you know The trust will be there. So it's, it's a long-term commitment, but sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. Some people, they, they just don't don't keep it, and some people, they'll, they'll be with you forever. It also depends how you lead, you lead by example. Some CEOs or, or managers, they lead by fear, and some people lead by inspiration. I believe in the second part. Mm-hmm.
0: I Love it. And so your new book that you have coming out homeless to billionaire um, You've actually got a Ford by Jack Canfield and you wrote this book alongside with Joe Vitale Um, How did you how did you manage to get those? I mean, they're huge names in the self-development Space, how did you manage to get them to be involved in your book?
1: You know when I started to really understand the power of the mind and how to, to create things in your outside world with what's happening with you inside. And th- this was the two people that I've been following them most. They started with the secret, yes, but they were in the secret. Jack Canfield yeah, was there, Joe Vitale was there. But then after I started to study them more carefully. I started to read all their material, all their books I started to, they be- became more of my mentors, my role models, but they didn't know that I was following them everywhere. And, and after that, after a few years studying them, I decided that one day I'm going to meet these two persons and I'm going to thank them personally for everything that they've done because I know that everything that they do talk about, it really works if you just have enough discipline and the right mindset to do it. And um, I sent out an email just out of the blue a few years ago and invited Joe Vitao to Thailand to hold a seminar for my employees. And he said, yes. So that's the first time I met him, and uh, we became very good friends, we hit it off, and he's the one who encouraged me to write the book. And the (laughs) same happened afterwards, he knew Jack Canfield and he told me to to send an email and he put some good words for me. Jack Canfield came to Thailand and we stood on stage, both me, Jack, and Joe, and actually Mike Tyson, all of us, fought together just a few months ago, we held a fantastic seminar in Thailand, so we all became good friends after that.
0: That's amazing. Okay, so I know that you're extremely busy. I think you have a, another show as well that you're that you're um, scheduled for. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, res- I'm respectful of your time, Andreas. So where um, can our listeners get a hold of your book, and uh, how can they get in touch with you if they wanna if they wanna follow, you know, what you're doing and your journey?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, the book, Homeless to Billionaire, it's already on Amazon, so you can just type in Homeless to Billionaire, pre-order it there, and you will get it the first week in May. And to follow the journeys and the the principles that uh, I've been been studying and going through the last 16 years, you can go to the website andrespira.com. Also, if you don't want to buy the book first, then I actually give away a free chapter and a short description of the 18 principles that I follow every day on the website that they can download for free. And if they like it, go ahead and hit Amazon.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much, Andres. This has been really, I mean, I'm... It's incredible. Like your journey is just, it's so inspiring and it's, it's incredible how you were able to, and what I love about your, your story is that it's not, you're not just saying, oh, just if you think big, then you'll achieve. It's that you got to think small and then you prove to yourself, essentially, you prove to yourself that, oh, look, this worked. So now if I take major action and I really believe that this is going to work, then then it's going to work and then you keep unlocking those in a way those 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 levels those sort of gates of doubt in your mind and 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 that's how you've got to where you are it's, it's incredible um, exactly. yeah
1: absolutely so thank- that yeah i believe that uh, we have to to cut off all the limitings believe we have we have to start small before we erase them all so and that's just a process yeah
0: Love it. Thank you so much, Andreas, uh, for letting me pick your brain. Um, And thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to DanielGeffen.com.